Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. We are back because we it's been two weeks since we released a podcast. Yeah, I know. I went and looked back at the last time we released a podcast. It was March 16th. And, it, and it's funny, but it's only been two weeks, but it feels a whole lot longer. It feels like so long since we've done a podcast. I don't know why. Maybe because so much has happened or like what, but uh, we've just been <sighs> vacationing and busy. Yeah. 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 So we apologize to everybody out there. We do. We do apologize. I know, I know you guys are just waiting every Thursday, just constantly refreshing, refresh, 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 refresh that podcast or Spotify. You're just like, well, did they drop it yet? Did they drop the new podcast? I know that's what everybody's doing. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're about to we're about to just calm everybody down with the brand new podcast. Praise the Lord. Um, and th- so we'll. If if there's people out there who are angry at us because we haven't dropped a podcast, I have a solution for you. Okay. What's the solution? Well, I was listening to the news, and you ever just listen to the news, and they have absolutely terrible ideas for to solve major problems? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. The world and the solutions it offers to absolutely huge issues – so laughable at times. <laughs> so I was listening to the news. Okay. And they're like, news report about how to limit road rage. Okay. Oh, perked my interest. Does anybody end up on the listening to the podcast right now want to just learn a little bit how to take, how to eliminate road rage? Absolutely. Of course. Of course. So you want to know what their solution was? What? Put essential oils in your car when you drive. <laughs> just <laughs> what the? Was it sponsored by DoTerra? No, I don't. <laughs> dude, that made me want to rage at the stupidity of that idea. But then they spe- they got more specific. We recommend peppermint. Wow! Wow! I I have peppermint essential oils in my car. Not so I don't road rage though, because that helps with my headaches that I get a lot. I'm just like, it doesn't help with my road rage. I mean, I don't road rage too much, but it's like the blind leading the blind, man. <laughs> like, okay, people are road raging, killing each other, and like the solution is not peppermint essential oil in the car. <laughs> I can't even like. I don't even know what oh, to say. I'm just laughing. It's just it's laughable. <laughs> It's so laughable at sometimes the solutions the world offers to absolutely like big problems. Yeah. Like road rage is an issue. Ever watch those road rage oh, vid- videos? Yeah, it's terrible. I watched a video the other day. A guy like was just shooting at a car that he thought pulled out in front of him. I was like, what the heck? This <laughs> is terrible. Th- and I don't think an essential oil was going <laughs> to fix any of that. <laughs> This guy, I just he's like, gonna sue picture, DoTerra. P- picture somebody. He's like, uh, somebody pulls out in front of him. And he's like, oh my gosh, oh peppermint. Oh yeah, I'm calm now. I'm so good. Like, no. I wonder if the guy who was sh- shooting the gun 
could go to court and say, I had doTERRA peppermint essential oil in my vehicle and it did nothing. And I'm going to sue them for $10 million because it's supposed to stop my road rage. No, people, (laughs) essential oils is not the answer to problems. All right. Also, you want to hear another hilarious story? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm never going to say no to that. This is so awesome. So the FBI was doing training in Boston. Okay. They have all these new recruits, and they're taking them through training. It's, it's very hands-on style training. Okay. And they, their, their director says, you're going to uh, go into this hotel room. You're going to bu- you know, bust the door down. Uh, use all the interrogation techniques we taught you. Get the witness to confess. You know, the witness is been has been told to essentially don't give up any information ever. Right. No matter how hard you're interrogated, you're gonna you're gonna resist. You're not gonna you're not gonna give up this information. And the yeah, so the FBI the FBI recruits are like, okay, we understand the task at hand. You know, they give they even have like a window of, of like time. Where right. like essentially you're allowed to interrogate the witness for this long. Um, these are the techniques you're going to use. This is like practice. This is like it's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, right? it seems really intense. As a matter of fact, it's like it's very hands on. It's very. It feels very real, even though it's fake. Yeah. The person who's going to be getting interrogated, they're actually going to be like put into pretty high stressful situations. Uh, techniques such as even the waterboarding technique is used okay. during, during this wow. process. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, FBI. It's in Boston. They bust into the hotel room. They interrogate this person for two hours. They can't get they can't get the information out of this witness, and then they just say, "Okay, our time frame is up." You know, oh, good job on the witness. They didn't we you didn't break. These guys are in trouble. They come out of the room. They broke into the wrong room. No way. Yeah. No. Yeah. They realized they busted into the wrong room. It was an airplane pilot. And they're sleeping. <laughs> he, he doesn't. Get, he doesn't have the information. <laughs> they interrogated him for two hours, <laughs> included water torture in the process, and he's just sitting there. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what's going on. And they have him pinned into this interrogation process, and he didn't give up nothing. <laughs> How do you go into the wrong room? This just happened, dude. This just happened. They just they got the room number mixed up, I guess. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? Can you imagine being that pilot? Exactly. <laughs> I just want my mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I was just like instantly thinking of every, you know, like every cop show that you've ever seen of them busting in, uh-huh. interrogating somebody. Oh my god, I can't imagine yeah. being that pilot. And just all of a sudden, you're just taking a nap, you know, trying uh-huh. to get ready to catch your next flight, fly back to your airport. and Yeah, you're just trying to get your job done. You got some FBI agents. <laughs> Where are the drugs? I don't know. Tell us now. <laughs> I don't got any on me. Who you? Who we you? know you're lying. Who's your seller? Who's your seller? Who are you selling it to? Come on. Yeah. Punch him in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. I don't know nothing. I don't. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Get the electrical <laughs> shock. Get the car battery. We're gonna put this. <laughs> Pull his fingernails off. <laughs> Rip off his fingernails. Ah, oh! <laughs> Dallas. I don't know. 
You got the wrong guy. <laughs> Punch to the face. Shut up. <laughs> we know it's you. <laughs> it's not him. It's not him. I wonder what the guy who's who's been told at around midnight. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna six strong FBI agents are gonna bust in your room. This is what you're gonna do. Da, da, da. I wonder if the guy's like, man, it's one a.m. They're still not here. They're still not here. They're running behind. They're really running late. You know, two a.m. in. I thought by now for sure they would be you know, dr- trying to drown me. <laughs> He's just like across the hall waiting. I wonder what those screams are across the hall. But apparently they go into like real hotel rooms. Wow. That's pretty I crazy. They, I think they need to change that up. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to be getting like sued by this pilot. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to ask. Did the pilot There's got to be some fallout from this process. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, hilarious though. I know. So did you do a March Did you do a March Madness bracket? I did not do a March. I got asked like three times to do a March Madness bracket. Yeah, I understand why you didn't. It's It's not that much fun. It really isn't. And especially when, like, this year. Yeah. When, like, San Diego State and Miami are in the Final Four and nobody, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State. It's, like, it's really lame. But uh, but you put all this like, effort into filling your bracket. You're kind of, like, watching the rounds go by and, like, you're kind of getting excited. You know, oh, I'm in third place now. Oh, I'm in second place. Oh, I went back down to third. Okay, I wonder if I win maybe – you know, here or there, I might get back up. And then finally it finishes. You know, I finished in third place. Okay, that's pretty good. And I found out who won. Yeah, who won? Yeah. A two-year-old. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you got beat by a two-year-old. <laughs> two? This is a true story. This is absolutely true. And and not, I didn't know it was a two-year-old. <laughs> not not just you then. You should have seen the trash talk I messaged this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure his mom is ticked. <laughs> Wait, so you were hold on, hold on, hold on. I got I got I need a little bit more information because if if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. you were you were in this group that created a bracket with like my friends and stuff. Yeah, with so with, with a couple of the people that the podcast people that like with Preston was in that bracket. Yeah, Jason was in the bracket. Jason was in that bracket. Um I think Steve uh may maybe you guys know Steve Mullins was in the bracket. And then there was a few people I, I didn't know who they were. Right. I, I don't know. They have like nicknames for their for their teams and stuff yeah. like that. You can't tell who these people are, you know. And you guys all got beat by a two-year-old. And oh I don't know who God. won. I didn't know who won. Right. So you're just like, oh, it's whoever this person is. They whoever won. Per- yeah, they won. Oh, they're great good. job. They're great. Great job. You know, hey, what a year to win. I mean, totally unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I've been told it was a two-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like goo goo gaga pointed at stuff, like colors and like. Like he liked just was like staring at teams like colors and mascots and was like, I like this one, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) And he wins. I'm sorry, that's so funny. It's ridiculous. Especially okay, I was just thinking about trying to be somebody like 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 a Preston Crump. Who's serious about it? Who's a huge sports fan? What place did he get? He said he got last. He's huge. He's he was into it way more than me, and I got third place. It took me six minutes to fill up my bracket <sighs> because I didn't care much that much. Yeah, 
I got third place. <laughs> I mean, this guy knows the teams. Preston knows the teams. He was like exci- he was like serious about it. Yeah. He got dead last. <laughs> he got beat by a two-year-old. We all did. <laughs> we all got beat by a two-year-old. It's ridiculous. It's like it's like the funniest story, but also tragedy all at the same time. It's it's like it's like a it's like you can't make this stuff up. No, you can't make that up. You can't make that up. Oh, I'm literally like in tears right now. This is so funny. This is why you don't gamble. <laughs> Preston, we Pre- and Preston found out that a two year old won, and he's like, "Did you know a guy put down a hundred thousand dollar bet that the Houston?" Astros would beat the Detroit Tigers on, oh. on April 4th. Yes. He put down a $100,000 bet, and he lost. Because the Astros beat the Tigers. No, no. Or the Tigers beat the Astros. Yeah. Extra innings, right? That was the game they won in extra innings? I think so. They, they won in the 11th inning? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's why you don't gamble. You don't gamble, folks. <laughs> You could beat by a two-year-old. <laughs> takes home the pot, man. Takes home all the money. He's gonna buy tons of like tons of pacifiers. Tons of pacifiers and diapers. Just tons. Which <laughs> oh, it's like a perfect transition to our topic today, which is <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna call this podcast, but we're gonna talk about how it's we have a choice whether or not we wanna make our life here on this earth more like heaven or more like or hell. More like hell. <clears throat> more like heaven or more like hell. There's a uh, there's like a there's like a proverb, like a like a modern day proverb. Okay, I'm listening. It goes like this. There was a a spiritual man who talked to God. And he said, "God, what is hell like?" And so God showed him a picture of hell. And in this image that he saw of hell, there was um 10 people sitting around a table and the table was full of food delicious food and each of them had spoons tied to their hands but the spoons were really long so long that they couldn't get their arm up high enough to scoop the food to then churn it and put the spoon in their mouth okay so they sat at a table full of food with a spoon but couldn't feed themselves and they were starving to death and they were skinny and they were they were totally malnourished. Wow. And they looked they were about to die and that's their state they lived in for eternity. That's terrible. And so the wise the spiritual man said God show me what heaven looks like and it was the exact same picture. 10 people sitting around a table full of delicious food with spoons tied to their hands the same length as the men who were in hell. The same exact situation, except these men were plump and fat and happy and jolly and full of life. And the spiritual man said, God, what's the difference? And God said, they're feeding one another. They're feeding one another. In hell, everybody's, they're selfish. They're trying to feed themselves. Mm-hmm. They won't, they won't, they don't want to have a give, give. Mm-hmm. They don't want to make a sacrifice. They don't want to give. They don't want to help. But those in heaven look to give, look to help, look to make a sacrifice. And in so doing, they get fed themselves because 
somebody else has given them the food they need. Mm-hmm. And isn't that a picture of just our world Yeah, that we live in? That mm-hmm. if we choose to, which the choice is ours, Yeah, if we choose to serve, give, give, it will be given back to us. Yeah. And, the, and not just in the measure we give, it won't be, it, it it's, comes back to us more than what we give. Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading my Bible this morning, actually, Pastor Luke. I was reading in Deuteronomy, um, which actually, Deuteronomy is a pretty interesting book. Um, and it's kind of Moses's last address to the children of Israel, right? It's his last book. And he, and I can't remember exactly if it was like somewhere in the high 20s or chapter 30, something like that. Anyway, he's talking about the the choice that the Israelites have, that they can follow God or they can reject him. And then he talks about the blessing and the curse. And then at the end of this whole kind of dissertation, he says, I've set before you today hmm. blessing and curse, life and death. Yep. To serve God or not to serve God. But it's all about, he was like, hey, listen, the, the, he very, uh, you can go and read. Like if you read Deuteronomy 28, 29, and 30, it's a very like perfectly painted picture of what their life can be like. If they choose. They, they have a clear picture of what their life can be like if they choose to follow and serve God. It's, it's descriptive. It's clear. It's, 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 consi- it's like great. Yeah. I've read that many times. And, and then there's the flip side. Of exact like, and it's even longer, more clear, more descriptive of what their life would be like if they refuse to follow God. It get it's um, it's really bad if they refuse to follow God, right? Yeah, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And then right at the end of all of that, he says, "And, and I've placed before you today a choice: blessing and curse, life and death. Mm. And we all have a choice. Yeah, are we going to choose that blessing and that life, mm. or are we going to choose the curse and the death? Wow." What is, what is your world around you going to be like? Is it going to be a little bit more like heaven or a little bit more like hell? Yeah. I was thinking, too, about, like, holding on to unforgiveness, mm. how it internally affects you. Oh, heck yeah. Because uh, Jesus tells a story um, about forgiveness, and he says... <clears throat> If you don't forgive your neighbor, mm-hmm. God in heaven won't forgive you. Yeah, that's scary. And along with that, he shares a, I guess you could call it a parable or just an illustration. He talks about how essentially there was a man who had worked a up a tremendous debt. Yeah. And the king said, pay me this, pay me the debt or you're going to go to jail. And he begged and begged and begged for forgiveness. And the king said, all right, I forgive you. Wow. His debt was completely eliminated. But there happened to be a man in town that owed that man money. Yeah. And so the man who was just forgiven a tremendous debt went and found the guy in town who owed him barely anything compared to what he owed. Yeah. And he arrested him and... and uh demanded payment, and the king found out, and the king said, you wicked, wicked man. Wicked, wicked man. I forgave you this huge debt, and you couldn't forgive this small debt? Your, your debt, I'm, I'm putting the debt back on you, and you're going to go to, you're going to go to prison until it's paid. Yeah. And you think about that, 
that prison is not hell. Right. It, it's not like God can't forgive you because you're not forgiving others. Even though Jesus says that, my Heavenly Father won't forgive you unless you forgive others. Right. And then he shares that story along with it. It's not like you're going to hell because you can't forgive. No, what you're going you're gonna to live in a prison in this world. Mm-hmm. I say it wasn't that he killed him and he went to hell. He just went, went in prison. Until the debt was paid. Until the debt was paid. Which means you could be in prison for the rest of your life in, here in this world, just internally a mental prison until death when the debt's finally paid. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and But the choice is ours. That's right. We don't have to live in this prison. We don't have to live in this unforgiveness. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, we don't have to live in a hellish lifestyle. But forgiveness is that's hard. Forgiveness is hard. It's hard, man. Yeah, and I think that sometimes, Pastor Luke, we we live so much too in a culture that loves unforgiveness. Uh, and what I mean by that is we love revenge. We like to be a, we like to be a victim. It gets a lot of attention. Yes, exactly. We our world celebrates the victim mentality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And our world celebrates oftentimes somebody else trying to right the wrong that happened to the victim. Yeah. And that's not how we're called to live, though, as Christians. No, no, no. We're actually called to be the, just the exact opposite. If somebody slaps you on the cheek, give them the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. If a soldier asks you to carry something a mile, carry it two miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, this is really crazy, but I remember being really young, Pastor Luke, maybe, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade, and hearing that story. And I, I grew up in church, so I'd heard it a few times before, but I remember hearing it. And I distinctly remember, I think it was a Wednesday night, I remember hearing Miss Becky, my children's minister, teach that story about, you know, if someone slaps you on the face, turn the other cheek. If they ask for your shirt, give them your cloak also. Hmm. Uh, if the soldier asks you to carry this pack a mile, go with them too. And she began to talk about how in that culture, Roman culture, a Roman soldier could demand that any person carry their equipment for them for a mile with uh, just forcibly force you to carry anything that they put on you, any load that they were bearing, they could just give it to you. And legally, you had to follow them. Yeah, and you probably carry. were like beat up if you didn't, or yeah. just thrown in prison, or something like that. And and so it was like this fear that the people had that the, that the Roman soldier would ask them to carry their burden. It's stressful. And and in and in that kind of a culture, yeah. Jesus said, if they ask you to carry their equipment, go with them two miles. Wow. Go go double what they asked. And I just was thinking about that, man, because we, you know, those Israelites lived fearing the Roman soldiers. They were constantly in a state of fear from the Roman soldiers. Yeah. And Oppre- then, oh, they were oppressed yeah. by the Roman soldiers constantly. And then so to to think, wait, why would I do something good for them? Yeah. Why would, it, why would when they force me to go a mile, I would actually go two miles with them? But Jesus is introducing a brand new type of a kingdom that's full of forgiveness. It's like you don't have to live totally oppressed. You don't, we don't have to live totally locked up by our unforgiveness, Pastor Luke. The world wants the world is in a race to be the the best victim. <laughs> yeah, and and I've noticed this too over the last few years, Pastor Aaron. And and give me your thoughts on this. 
is that there there's usually like a group of people that claim to be a victim. Mm-hmm. And when another group comes along to claim to be a bigger victim, the original group says they start to whine and complain that somebody's out victimizing them. And they will try to jump to the front of the line. No, no, no. We're the real victims. We're the victims. And it's like a race to see who is the biggest victim. Yep. And the victim hates it when another victim comes along and tries to say, oh, we're more impressed than you. Oh, no, you're not. Look at, (laughs) they'll like do something to like, or say something or like throw a fundraiser to prove they're the bigger victim now. (laughs) And and the world's in a race. And they get they get jealous of another victim. Yeah, and and they try to like if another victim comes along, they they try to say no, no, they're not they're not the victim. We are, and it's just the strangest like r- r- journey you've ever witnessed. And instead of saying maybe we don't have to put be a victim, <laughs> it's the strangest thing in the world. Yeah, it's like yeah. that's where the world's at right now. No, I totally agree. It's this weird idea that we have. We're racing to be the biggest victim. Um, and I actually was seeing somebody was posting about this and, and had some pretty interesting thoughts um, recently. And they were talking about when you celebrate the victim mentality, it never allows for someone who was a victim to become a victor. Wow. Because you're constantly celebrating the victimization of them. Yeah. And it's uh, – why would – they're already being celebrated, right? If so they're gonna they're gonna try to feed that more. Yes, exactly. Why would I become the victor when I'm celebrated as the victim? Yeah, and I think that our world loves to run to the victim. It's weird, and it's so weird because, and and here's what what's so weird about it, Pastor Luke, because Jesus called us to to suffer, but he also called us to live in victory, right? He said that you're going to have trials and tribulation in this world. Yeah. And you'll, you'll suffer. If you're a Christian, you'll suffer for my name. Yeah. If they disowned me, they'll disown you. He said that in John, I believe it's John 17. But then he also said, take heart for I have overcome the world and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Mm -hmm. And we're not supposed to live in this. Oh, woe is me. I'm the victim. It's everybody else's fault. I need to hold a grudge against everybody because everybody did this to me. That's not how we're supposed to live at all. Yeah. So the 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 disciples, there's a story in Acts, and we'll finish with this maybe. <clears throat> there's a story in Acts of the early church disciples. They uh, were going around preaching Jesus, and then the Pharisees and the religious leaders um, kind of like arrested them and brought them before the high council. Yeah. And they were like, what do we do with these men? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and they decided after like debate that we should probably just quietly let them go. Yeah. But before that, let's beat them and then threaten them and warn them and yeah. then send them out. And yeah. that's what they did. And then the disciples left and it says that they rejoiced. Yeah. Because yeah. they were persecuted. Because for, of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> And it sounds like they're celebrating victimhood. <laughs> but let's really figure out what they're celebrating mm. here. They're not celebrating. They're not being celebrated. No. But they no. are celebrating internally of being a real victim. Yeah. 
if the world is celebrating you, you're probably not the victim. Mm, that's good. See, they they had to do they had to toot their own horn. Yeah. Nobody was tooting their horn for them. Yeah. That's they they really were the victim. Yeah. But I would say that the world today, if if the world is on your side, if they're celebrating you because you're a victim, then you're not really a victim. Right. You're being celebrated <laughs> yeah. by the world. Yep. So what are you? Yeah. I don't know what you are. And I don't know what did it, what it is. I, I don't, don't I don't know what it is either, but here's what I do know is those those disciples so they they were legitimately <laughs> victims. Yeah. They uh, it was it's crazy. They were arrested for doing something good. Then they were they were beaten and then threatened and told never to preach in Jesus name again. And they went out rejoicing because they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. Yeah. And then and this this is I think this is what separates it Pastor Luke is then they went back to the church. And they prayed that God would give them boldness to continue to preach the gospel. Because they knew persecution would continue. Because they knew persecution would continue. Yeah. And then a little bit later in the book of Acts, one of those, not one of those apostles that was, that was imprisoned and beaten, but probably one of those men who was at the church, who was praying for boldness. I believe it's Acts 7. He, it's Stephen. Mm-hmm. He, he gets arrested. He's preaching to the high council mm-hmm. with the same boldness that the other apostles were. Yeah. And he's he he gets stoned to death. Yeah. And in the middle of being stoned to death, he looks up to heaven and he says, Father, forgive him. Wow. That's what that's being a victor, even when you're really the when when you are being literally killed <laughs> you're, for believing you're, in Jesus, you are a victim. Yeah. But you're able to say, Father, forgive them. That's having that victor mentality. That's what we're called. That's different. That's kingdom living right there. It's all about forgiveness, man. You want to make your life more on this earth more like heaven, then you, you need to adopt a, a, a forgiveness mentality. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a great phrase, forgiveness mentality. If you want to make your life on this earth more like hell, then go ahead. Hold on to, to pain. Hold on to being the victim mm-hmm. somehow. Hold on to, you know, it's it's funny, but um, pity. <laughs> to be pitied sometimes is uh, is is nice. Sometimes we like it when when we're, we get pity. Yeah, and that's kind of dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I would say that if if you're a Christian and you're you're uh, called to forgive, you're called to be a victor, you're called to all these things. Push aside that desire for pity and all that, and instead take the high road. Mm-hmm. Be a forgiver and be a victor. That's good. Oh, I think that's a good spot to end the podcast. That's a great spot to end. Okay, awesome. <sighs> That's a great podcast. It is a great podcast. I didn't know where the podcast was going to go today, but it went there. It went there, and it was great. <laughs> we went down this road, and it was good. It was good. Wow. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's been great to be with you today, Potty. So good to be back. Good to Man. be back. We'll be right back here Thursday next week. Epi- today's episode 46, but we'll be back for episode 47. Episode 47. That's right. Have a great day, everybody.
Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. 